No hat, no play. Staff Wellbeing, Episode 4. Welcome back to the No Hat, No Play Teaching Podcast. I'm Mr. JB, and I'm a humanities, digitech, and media teacher at a secondary girls' school in Melbourne, Victoria. Each episode on the podcast will be joined by a new guest educator and delve into a different teaching topic. I created the podcast as I want educators to be able to choose and listen to episodes by topic, one they wish to explore further. At the same time, listeners will also hear from amazing educators about their teaching journey, tips, and funny teaching moments. Today we are joined by Meg Bendit, who is a grade 4 teacher at Bethrithka Ladies College. We explore her thesis and how schools can best look after their staff, and discuss some other wellbeing tips too. Welcome, Meg. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Now, the way we start every No Hat, No Play podcast is with finding out the guest teaching journey so far. Do you want to take us through how you got to where you are today? Sure. So when, well, first of all, I always wanted to be a teacher. Like, right through my childhood, I put my poor brother through. My five-year-old you? Yeah, like, put through, my poor brother through, like so many hours of playing teachers like I'd bribe him and say I'll like give you money if you'd play with me but what did you make him do oh worksheets like the whole the whole thing like right. I would correct them I still to this day love marking people think I'm crazy but I, I really enjoy marking and I would I would just want him to fill in worksheets so I could mark them and mm. give him stickers and it was I love was it. he on board he hated every second of it. Um, my mum says, like, I traumatised him. Like, that's why he hated school. Because, mm. not that he hated school, but, like, just because he was... I forced him into it yeah. proper. Um, so I always wanted to be a teacher. I, like, fluctuated. I was like, at one stage, maybe I'll be a lawyer. No, I wasn't going to be a lawyer. Um, and when I was in year 10, the opportunity came to do a vet subject. And I was the first in my school ever to to say well can I do um my certificate three in childhood in mm. childhood education and like they made it work for me and I smashed it out in I think 10 months because I ended up going overseas for the last two months of the year right. when I was in year 10 um and so then I had a certificate three in early childhood education and at that stage not anymore but assistance in um, kindergartens and three-year-old and four-year-old kinder could have a certificate three so I worked in holiday programs and all of that and then when I finished school I went straight into my bachelor of um, education and it's a deacon course so it's early years which is zero to end of so zero to 12 years old so yeah till end of year six and I basically worked in the crate in a creche I was a assistant then I was a Jewish studies teacher then a general studies teacher and then eventually room leader in my last year um there I was there for four years and then I went then I finished my bachelor and I went into teaching grade four and this is my third year in grade four um who knows what happens next year they (laughs) I'll let you know when I know um but yeah and then after I finished my master's um, after I finished my bachelor in 2020 I knew that if I didn't go continue studying I would never go back I really don't like uni I find it incredibly um stressful like the pressure of assignments was is a lot for me but I knew that if I left I would never go back um and I went straight into my master's of education in management and leadership um I did it part-time because I was working full-time 
um, and I did it part-time. I did two subjects at a time and I finished off with um, submitting a minor thesis, um, which yeah, we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah, well, that's exactly what, what I brought you in for today. So today's topic is going to be staff well-being mm-hmm. um, and I thought you would be perfect for this because you, like you mentioned, um, wrote a thesis. I'll just read out the title. So it was Positive Primary School Leadership Practices, Supporting teachers' well-being and ability to cope with contemporary teaching-related stress. It's quite, quite, <laughs> quite a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to maybe, before we go into it, do you want to just summarise what that title actually means? Sure. So this was like, I don't know if anyone's ever written a thesis, it's something that kind of shapes and changes and moulds to your research. But it basically ends up becoming kind of almost a summary of what you what you look for and I the way it's phrased is very positively and I decided to interview teachers at my school that I worked with that I work with and in doing that the ethics approval for that in a thesis is quite interesting because you're working with people who you you're dealing you're interviewing people you actually work with Mm. so all like bias comes into it of like are they going to just tell you what you want to hear because and will they because you're interviewing them and will it bring up things that is sensitive and then you know about it and then you're working with them every day it's like very you know so the reason that it's phrased the way it is and honestly it was kind of meant to be yeah because um i'm really happy that it is it's phrased as positive and um supportive as opposed to the opposite because you could it could have totally gone the route of well, this person does this and this and this and I hate and it makes me feel this way and mm. and I didn't want that. I wanted the opposite because, I mean, it's not, I mean, as far as I know, it's not being published, but if it was going to be, um, I wanted it to contribute to the space of like what can people actually do and what does it look like to be supportive as opposed to what does it look like to be not supportive. So that's kind of why it's phrased the way it is and um, it basically is talk- looking at what ac- the ta- the um, I was going to say a word in Yiddish. <laughs> um, the practical um, of what actually te- leadership is doing to support teachers to cope. Right. Because you haven't put Yiddish in the actual thesis, though. No, I, oh, no, I didn't. Okay. I didn't actually put Yiddish in the thesis. Well, what made you pick that topic in the first place? Like, why? Like, is there? Are you interested in staff well-being? Okay, great question. <laughs> um, and I will answer it in the way that my. Um, thesis is phrased positively um i am very lucky where i work i have i'm very lucky i will start with that um but i have seen not necessarily in the place that i work in placements and in various through teaching friends and whatever what it looks like to not have a supportive leadership and yes i am i'm in i'm interested in well-being in general as Mm. like I'm very interested in student well-being. Originally, my thesis started like that. My thesis started as teaching practices to impact student well-being. Right. But that became, it kind of evolved as I was doing research in, there's so much research about students and so much research about, you know, what adults do and how it impacts children. I mean, you can look at, read any parenting book ever. Um, and I think kind of same applies to teachers and there is a whole like research area, but this is, there's very little about like leadership's impact on teachers and all there's little, little research about teachers in general. Um, I think I have a, like this theory that 
you know, um, kind of school should be hierarchical in the way that it's not students at the bottom, it's actually students at the top. And it's students and then the teachers look after the students and then your middle leadership looks after your teachers and then your senior management looks after your middle leadership yeah. and principal looks all the way up. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Or all the way down. So inverted, pretty Correct. much. Yeah. Um, but often those layers are missed and often pe- uh, it's leadership, not to their, not because of, it's their fault, but often they are, they skip straight to dealing with parents or dealing with policy, which is another whole area to talk about and dealing with, you know, all the other things that come with being a manager of, let's say, a business, let alone, and then you add in the element of, like, human beings, which I speak a lot about in my thesis is something human capital, which we can talk about after, but it's the idea that we are looking after the students so much as we should be, but where does like no who's looking after the teachers and at the end of the day if the teachers aren't able to cope that impacts negatively on the student and it becomes a cycle yeah and on the flip side like if you are looking after your teachers they can probably do better things for your students absolutely yeah so i i I can't say i read through the whole thesis because it was how many pages um i'll have a look i brought it with in case i forgot what i wrote about um about 40 yeah so but i did have a, a good skim through it thank you um I looked at your your main focus were was for three main points. Okay. So the first one, what makes teachers feel supported in the workplace? There's a couple of things that came out of this, and what the most interesting thing was interviewing teachers. Obviously, I mean, like being a teacher myself, I could have answered all the questions, but I'm just one perspective. I've had seven, almost eight years of teaching experience, like all up. That's nothing compared to the teachers that I interviewed of 30, 40 years also in leadership positions also which was also really important to me that i got a broad range within my small sample size but yes mm. um, can i just clarify one thing before yes. you continue are we just focusing on teachers or all school staff teachers and leadership okay. mainly yeah i mean technically like i mean i would put it down to everyone yeah um, i'm talking like learning support staff all yeah. of that i think it's mainly yeah i would actually put it down to all school staff but if we were looking, like, I mean, this is directly a reference to, like, children, like, this, the impact of on students as well. But, yeah. yes, I think that it is kind of for everyone who works in a school. Got it. Um, I think, wait, were we, what, which, which section well, were we on? What makes teachers feel supported? Oh, that's right. Okay. First of all, um, emotional intelligence. So I looked a lot into emotional intelligence. I'm extremely passionate about emotional intelligence. When you extend that to being in reference to leadership and teachers it's if you have a leadership that is able to understand the impact that not only the enormity of being a teacher has on a on a teacher like the enormity of the responsibilities and roles and everything that comes with it um the emotional capacity it takes to deal with 18 19 20 whatever different humans not just children because they are they all have their own lives and worlds that they come with parents changing schedules all of that if you're an emotionally intelligent person you come at people with kindness you come at your your staff you come at your teachers you come at your learning support staff your front office whatever it is with an a layer of your job is 
hectic. Like you, this is a lot. Mm. And I think without that emotional intelligence, it almost makes you feel that you are just a piece in a, like a cog in a, in like a machine. Yeah. Um, and it does make you feel like you are. So it's an understanding of how tough the job actually is. And, yeah. And how much effort you're actually putting in. Yeah, exactly right. So Meg, can you just summarize for us some of your findings from your thesis um, and some recommendations for schools as well? Yeah. So um, what I did was I interviewed five different teachers. Um, My thesis was a narrative inquiry. So I took the narratives and lived experiences of teachers and used it to um, inquire with in my topic, right? So that's narrative inquiry. So the main things that came up in my in my findings were the idea of active listening. So being, feeling heard, feeling valued um, because you are being listened to. Not that you want an answer. Most times people don't want an answer. You're not looking for an answer. You're looking to be heard. You're looking to feel valued and validated. And yes. And that has to be genuine as well. Yeah. Not just like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like this genuine, like, I'm really sorry that happened. What can we do next time to make it better? Um, and in that, you're not looking for an answer. You're not looking for them to take it away or fix it. It's just feeling, oh, you've heard what I said and maybe next time it, things will be different. Um, so active listening. Um, another main thing that came up was the physical presence of leadership. So leadership actually being seen and physically there. Um in the way that you're when you walk past an office and it's empty, not you're not automatically like, I don't feel supported, but you're like, where are the people that are meant to be looking after me? Um, and that is, I think, was one of the really the main things that came up. It was when I need someone and they're not in their office, where do I go? And mm. it's just it's kind of like being a child and knowing your parents are home. Yeah. It's like you don't need them. You just feel like you feel safe. Protected. You feel protected. Yeah. Yeah. It's that same. It's like I may not need you, but if I did, where would you be? And mm. when their offices are empty or they're on a PD, but no one's there to replace them, or they're only doing one of them's on a PD, like all, instead of all of them, like that. Those process. Those like small changes really make you feel like valued, and also communicating that like this da 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 is on a PD today. If you need something, this person, this person, and this person are around. Very important, which was another thing that came up a lot was communication. Just communicating what's happening, who's around, when things are changing. A lot of people said that like when rat, like things change really suddenly and you don't know it's being it's changing, that feels like you're not valued because you're like not valued enough to know mm, what's going yeah, on. Being in the loop. Yeah, yeah like being kept in the loop, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was another thing. Um, so another main thing was the corporatization of schools, which I didn't realize I was doing a business degree because that's what it felt like here. Um, um, my husband's a lawyer and I, I actually had to ask him a lot of the things that I was researching because of so much of it was like human capital and, you know, corporate structures. And while I'm, I would say I would classify myself as like relatively intelligent. I did not study that. Um, I yeah, it is, it's stuff, like yeah. re- you did. Yeah. You started there. Like it's very you know. 
Um, I've studied that and I still don't get it. Yeah, so. fair. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. <laughs> so basically the idea is that because we are governed by regulatory bodies and the government and all of that, um, schools have had to kind of fit into this business model of like a principal being almost the CEO and all of, you know, that kind of, that the structures become more business-like than they do a school where at the heart what we are doing is looking after children and educating mm, children. Yeah. And it has to be sort of run like a business. Correct. Times, yeah. Because, you know, there's policies and procedures and all of that that needs and to be And finances. And everything. finances. Yeah. And, and it is a business. It, it, at the Like some things, you know, but our product of our business is children and their education and their lives. And um, you can't really quantify that. It's not like a, a like the profits that you make. It's more the oh are the children educated well but even that like you can't even quantify that like Mm. what vce marks and that plan results like even that is a child on an off day is not doing well it's not their intelligence or the make or the markers of a good teacher it's just a bad day yeah um and it's not even just the marks it's the well-being of them correct everything like setting them up and kind and yeah social and all of that absolutely so part of that was so obviously leaning too much into it being corporatized was an element that was a problem. But what was kind of what came out of that was the idea of human capital of like almost protecting and in, and and investing in your investments for lack of a better phrase. Um, in that teacher, when you invest in your teachers and you support them and you build them up as people um, and as educators and all of that and de- professional development, inevitably they're... Um, their the output and the, them being te- and the way that they teach and you know their amount that they give and all of that will be better and mm. and, and stronger yeah um, and probably the last main element that came out came out of it was um, structures so having really strong um, structures that are aimed to support teachers in the way of when I have an issue who do I go to what's the process of an issue being dealt with if I have a child that is that I'm concerned about where do I go and how do I feel heard that's kind of was the last that was like the another main thing that came out of it yeah and that's very important to have those support structures in place like you feel supported you feel safe in any environment like families you can look at all of that if you feel safe and supported and secure and all of that children will thrive in that environment teachers will thrive in that environment so it was a lot of i feel like i'm just a pawn that's moved around um that was a lot that came up i feel like i um you know you just are in the cogs of you go to school you churn out this you churn out a lesson you leave if you do like no one cares no there's no accountability it's just yeah you know when I and I again not in every school and this was like f- not from the school I work at this was like from people's life experiences of you know this is also from different countries and whatever um and also looking at oh I'm I'm I've been through all of this what has it made me now and there was a couple of teachers who were like really jaded they were just like I 
don't ask for help anymore because I I was so scorned mm. in the past that I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, I do my job, it's a job, and I leave. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, that was the effect of what kind of and came that, up And like, that probably goes against what they came into teaching in the first place for. You, yeah. yeah, exactly right. They're, yeah. like, incredible, knowledgeable educators who actually have become so scored by it. I was now I know you're focusing mostly on the positives, but there was one negative that you talked about and that was teacher scrutiny. Do you want to just explain a bit about that? I think, I guess this is almost the flip side of um, human capital, right? It's the idea that you invest in your teachers and you mentor them and you give them all of that. And then you, you hope that they produce the results you want. Right. But then the flip side of that is, feeling like you're watched and feeling like like there's nothing worse than uh i mean there's a lot worse but feels as a teacher it's like when someone says i'm coming to watch your lesson it's like oh my god you're Mm. like panic what is what are they gonna think i have to do my like i have to do my best i have to plan the best lesson to you know and like well i guess it can't it depends what their motivation is right if they're there to check up on you great i mean not so great but if they're there to give you feedback and, and help you improve then i guess that that changes your whole um perception of it correct so and that's exactly the point the point is teacher scrutiny in the way of being watched and almost being judged i think it's almost exactly what you said i think it's the way that it's done and when it's for mentoring and for the betterment of you and your career and the teaching and the kids and all of that, it's, you feel supported when it's, I'm checking, I'm making sure that you're doing things correctly, making, make sure you document everything, all of that. It's the opposite. Mm. And that was also something that came up in, there was a teacher who said, um, she had moved schools, um, and she got a call from her, ex-principal of the school she was working at before and they said there is a parent complaining about the way that you taught their child um and i'll read you the quote it said that prior school decided that their child wasn't educated well enough by me and needed evidence and the fact that that is something that we as teachers potentially could deal with is crazy and like the idea that everything has to be documented and all of that is a lot and that's part of you know, I mean, a lot of it is part of, and I mean, the side that it is helpful and important for children's well-being and all of that is one side. Um, but the other side is because we are, again, like t- sometimes parents think we're just, you know, not human beings and we can be, you know, ripped apart yeah. and... That's actually, it, it happened um, to me last year. I had a parent who decided that I wasn't the teacher they wanted for their mm. child. That must um, be hard to hear. It was, and it wasn't, it was prior stuff to do with the school, had nothing to do with me. And she started like bad mouthing me on WhatsApp mm. groups. And that and is that shocking. is like, what other job? Like, <sighs> like, do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of that's the part of teacher scrutiny of like teachers are like judged but you know and again as you were right like the way it's done is so important and what it's 
purpose is and its yeah. intention and all and that. And that's where the school can protect you in Correct. situations like that. And if you feel supported by your school, then... You're like, oh, I've got no, no problem. Yeah. And in context with that quote that I read out before, the reason she brought that up is because she was saying her principal from the previous school was so amazing and was like, whatever you need, I'm there to support you. Don't worry about it. I will back you to the... Mm. And that is the important... That's that is what it was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. conversations yeah no great and it was great hearing about your thesis it, it, you clearly put a lot of effort <laughs> into that so it's great you can actually talk about thank it. you yeah. i brought it with because yeah. i was like i'm definitely going to forget what i spoke, what i wrote about yeah. um but i was wondering like your thesis focuses on leadership's effect on well-being i yeah. was just wondering how much responsibility you actually place on the leadership mm-hmm. for the staff well-being and how much is actually placed on the individual staff member and maybe the teachers around them really important point and um i'm big believer in work-life balance and work boundaries um i'm married to a lawyer so i see the opposite of that not that he is he's very good but like to answer an email on the weekend is not he would say is part of his job description right yeah fine that's him whereas I mean, I teach at a community school, so everyone's kind of intertwined, everyone's related, it's kind of the way it is, um, which is unbelievable. I would never change it for the world. Um, But having those really clear boundaries is number one, like well-being top tip number one. Like if you take away anything from this, it's like boundaries, workplace boundaries, both in everything, just like work-life balance, turn off when you need to turn off, don't answer te- emails at night, like that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, that also includes not staying at work very late. Like I think that's also really important to, like I know teachers who'll stay till 6.37. Yeah, but then it's the the struggle, like you, you need that time to actually prepare for the next day and mark and stuff. And if yes. you don't do it then, you're, you're piling up your workload for another time. Yes, but if it... It needs this. Then, then that is what your responsibility is in terms of well-being. It's finding systems yeah. and finding processes that mean that you don't have to work at home mm-hmm. and you don't have to work on the weekend. And if it means that in the free, um, that you're. I mean, like I'm talking from a primary school, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I like that's kind of all I know. But like when my class has music or they have art, those times instead of which all I want to do is go and chat to the other teachers who are off and, you know, have my, and like have a relaxing, like have a cup of coffee and whatever, use that time to be really effective and efficient so that I'm marking all my marking and then I don't have to come home and do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's like well-being number one. But in terms of the responsibility on leadership, I think I'm a big believer in jobs in terms of giving people, people being responsible for a certain thing I think all schools should have like a teacher, like a staff well-being person or committee yeah. or committee um, separate from student well-being, completely separate. It more to the point that like a completely different person responsible. Yeah. Um, who it's not their sole job because I mean, I mean, it could be, but just that person that they can go, that you can go to and talk to and that, you know, um, is responsible for the mentoring of teachers and it's responsible for dealing with issues between almost like an HR it would almost be an HR person in that it's someone who um is responsible for making sure that teachers are being looked after and that is like I wish I mean if I could 
do anything. It would be my dream to have that. Um, so that's that. But then again, and, and yeah, so that's kind of what I think would be really good. Um, it is important that leadership always is. I mean, if you're, I, my dream is for that structure to be in place. It's that your teachers are looking after your students and then your middle, like that thing I was talking about before, then kind of if everyone's worrying about who they need to be worrying about, that's, by, by definition, you're looking after each other. Yeah. And then, yeah, in terms of between teachers, it's incredibly important to be supportive and there's nothing better than working in a place where you get along with all your co-workers. And, like, one of my favourite things about my job is besides for being a teacher and my girls and all of that, I love, 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 I teach with the most incredible people that are so inspiring and so lovely and so supportive and wonderful and all of the above. And there's like at least like sense of camaraderie. And I think that without that, yeah, like it'd be way harder to do what we do if we didn't have that. Like teaching is such a niche, a niche thing to like, you can only really bond with teachers. You need that social connection and people looking after each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was wondering like, like, I guess there's less stakes in primary school, but when it comes to academic expectations, sometimes it's a bit of a trade-off between looking after the staff member and expecting a lot from them in terms of trying to get good marks from them. Is, mm-hmm. it, is there a way, uh, well, firstly, do you experience that at all? And is there a way uh, schools construct that balance there to make sure they're looking after but still getting the marks they, they expect? Right. So, yes and no. I'd say... Not so much academic, like, achievement, I wouldn't say in primary school. I'd say more looking at, like, let's say NAPLAN results, right? So three, five, grade three and five. Um, let's say I know that the process that would happen is that we get back our NAPLAN results, which all just came through whenever a couple of weeks ago, that the senior leadership will look at it. And instead, and what I think is amazing is if things are lacking in any area, their way of dealing with it would be to upskill their teachers and to say why and look, oh, okay, so this area in maths, statistics and probability, let's say, in maths was not as high as it used to be. Great. What do we need to do? Okay, maybe let's send our teachers on professional development. Maybe let's scale back and replan the unit so that it's not so big and it's really teaching to what we not that we should be ever teaching to NAPLAN results ever another thing you should take from my podcast answers my podcast Uh, answers I added the answers (laughs) no my podcast episode yeah fine yeah you can have that thank you um is we do not teach to testing we do not teach to NAPLAN results we teach to children um and each their expectation should be on the individual not on like it's a children can only produce what they can Correct. produce. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I, I was just going to touch on something you mentioned. So you mentioned PD opportunities. Yes. Um, a lot of the time schools focus on upskilling their staff, but mm. what can be d- done in terms of um, PD for wellbeing? Great question. There is a really good PD, um, which I did. It is by the, it's now the Victorian Institute of Teaching and Leadership. Yep. Yep. I think okay. Victorian Academy of Teaching and Leadership. I think yeah, it used to be called Besto. It, they re they re they rebranded. It's a free five part online seminar um, about well being. 
um, not in relation to teaching. I'm not in relation, sorry, in relation to students, like just in terms of human well-being, which we are all. Um, and so I think that's really important. Um, there is also incredible just professional development in terms of leadership and and well-being. Like there's always incredible opportunities. I'm a big believer in um, upskilling and professional development always. I say that I hate uni, but anyway, well, I'll definitely be back. Um, just because I love the idea of always learning and always doing better. I mean, we teach to for students to learn, so we should be learning too. Um, but I think that, which is something that also came up, um, is just upskilling leadership in leadership practices. There are so many books and incredible things just for not for teachers, but not for teaching leadership and not for principals, just for leadership in general. I've just had to deal with people and positive leadership and what that looks like. And, and they all trickle down. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. Thanks. Now, <laughs> now I'm just thinking about like, you might've seen it through your research or just something you've experienced, but what are some red flags that suggest school's culture maybe might not be the best for you? Great question. Okay. I try a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay. So red flags in terms of, okay, school culture. Number one is um, unrealistic expectations. Mm. Expectations in any workplace is important because you strive to be better and you strive to develop your career. Unrealistic expectations that are like, I don't think that that's possible, number one. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Number two, asking you to work slash give of yourself outside of reasonable hours. Mm, shouldn't be an expectation. Never an expectation. It should not be we it should not be oh you work whatever nine till five let's say just as i'm giving as an example but we expect that you're mark you're you're not marking at school and you're marking at home no like that's not um toxic um staff room culture um in that the conversation is not appropriate to what a school should be discussing mainly talking about children talking about other staff talking about um school and the school practices complaining and like having a bit of a vent about mm, something that's yeah. happened is very different to bad mouthing especially especially students um and just yeah kind of like no and no regard for like confidentiality and and well-being of him and other of other people um yeah well i think that's kind here. of if you have any of those three, do you... Leave. Yeah, leave <laughs> I'm joking. Don't back. leave. Um, don't leave? Maybe leave. It uh, depends on people's individual yes. circumstances. <laughs> but I would say definitely consider... I mean, I say that, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm. And schools are schools. And I always think, oh, I'm having such a bad day. Like, this is so hard. I need it. I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job. And then I'm like, no, actually, I'm dealing with things that are you know, school, school yeah. stuff, children, families, all of that. Um, one thing that I also want to mention is something that one of the teachers I interviewed, I really look up to. Um, she's amazing. And she's really taught me um, to not take everything so to heart, which you can argue is a protective mechanism, a protective, you know, yeah, trait yeah. and behavior, which fine. But just being able to 
have that wall of like, I can only really worry about things that are in my control and things that happen external for me, that that, that um, assembly that happened when I didn't know it was going to happen and that extra lesson that the teacher cancelled and the other teacher cancelled and now I have another lesson I have. Let it go. Don't hold yeah, on to like it. It's yeah. just, you know, roll you roll with the punches. You scream and cry at home and whatever and you're venting and be annoyed and all of the above. Fine. But to let everything get to you so personally, parents, mm. oh my God, that really took me a long time to... Because yeah. we're full we're full time. We're, yeah. Like we're always on. We could get an email at any time. Any we could point. Be, yeah, and it can, it can unravel you. Yeah, it can exactly. derail you completely. Yeah. Um, just also, like we focus on well-being generally. What about like staff who might be struggling with some mental health problems? Is there anything the school can put in place for that? I know some schools have an EAP. I forgot what it's mm. an Employee Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. Are there other things that uh, schools can do? So, yes, absolutely. Um, we actually, we've just also, the school's just got one, had got signed up for one of those, and it's been, a, I, I know a lot of people who have said that they've used it and it's amazing. And um, I think going back to my secret wish for the whole world and all schools is that person who is there and present and responsible for, for making sure teachers are supported, all of the above, mentored, all of that. Um, having like a job for that, like a role, um, I think is really important. Um, I also am a big believer in everyone going to therapy. <laughs> I think that even if nothing's wrong, mm. like our jobs are nuts, like just incredible. And this, this, I love watching little people learn. Like just, I was telling my friends today, um, like they were like, would you ever teach high school? And I said, no because I'm petrified of people and children in high school. (laughs) You can tell me what you think. But I love that I'm at the point where I'm teaching division or multiplication or spelling and they're learning things for the first time and their eyes are like, whoa, or like Mm. history or geography and all that. And it's like, I didn't know that this was, you know, that kind of, it's that I... You're the one that's taught them that for life. Correct. It's like the most incredible thing in the world but we deal with little people and things that I don't want to know about families and situations I know yeah. about. And I think that therapy, either through those um, EAPs or through private or through whatever, incredible, um, definitely recommend. It's it's important to be able to, for well-being in general, but especially in our jobs, like just be, it's really important to talk through the things that we 100%, deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted to ask, how can schools measure their impact of their wellbeing initiatives? Great question. Oh, you can say that after every question. No, but it really is a good <laughs> okay. question because it's something that I came across. There are actually um, like surveys out there that you can buy, like in like wellbeing tools and surveys that you can implement into. So schools. that surveying staff over a certain periods of time. Incredible yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an it's a a commitment as a school to be invested in their teachers and you it's a process and it's a before and it's an after and it's a interviewing all the way through and all and in you know surveying which is but I just again like we spoke about that vibe like I know it's not tangible um and I think you need someone impartial and probably objective to come in mm. pre and post but I just think you know if it's working if people are happy to come to work yeah like People, 
walk in with a smile on their faces and are not, oh my God, I'm so tired. That was, you know, just happy to be there. That's all that. Yeah, no, that, that yeah. is the biggest measure yeah, of anything. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and just, I just wanted to know, like, where you see the trends of well-being happening in schools. Do you think it's become uh, better over time, worse over time? Mm-hmm. Do you think we're steady at the moment? How do, you, how do you think it's going? Okay, so I think it fluctuates yeah. based on the world. Um, I guess COVID probably had a Which was exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I think it really, I mean, online teaching was corked. In, like just mm. not like if you think back for a second it was not normal like yeah. the things we were expected and the it was nuts and schools dealt with it differently correct yeah. all schools dealt with it differently but also no school dealt with it perfectly or not perfectly because everyone was just kind of doing what they yeah. could and the best that they could which is all we could kind of ask for anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. but like yeah so i think that's kind of it ebbs and flows based on what's going on in the world is number one i think um, the conversation around well-being and emotions in general has, like, it's worlds apart to what it used to be. Um, if you think about, like, the how openly we talk about just therapy and emotions and, um, you know, well-being in general, the fact that this is a topic for my thesis is, yeah. is crazy. Um, so I'm hoping, I mean, I see it in the conversation that, people have and i'm hoping that it's i i think it is reflected in you know schools and you know the fact that our school just signed up to a eap yeah 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 cool um and there is you know those processes in place i don't think that would have happened five years ago Mm. like i think that's really important yeah it seems like schools are trying to make an effort um yeah which is great well i think if we're so hell-bent which we should be on making sure that students are well and healthy and safe and all of and supported it's eventually you'd hope going to trickle on to the rest of the staff yeah yeah um just just like i guess we're speaking quite generally not generally we're speaking kind of like cultural shifts Mm -hmm. throughout here just going to mention a a few smaller things that my school does Mm -hmm. just wanted to get your thoughts on that and maybe if that's something all schools should do or what else can be done. Amazing. So my school's actually um, getting staff, like we can book in 15-minute massages at school. They're bringing oh, my yeah. goodness. Which is, yeah. What a dream. Just like a small thing that can have a bit yeah. different. They Incredible. also 10 out of 10. Yeah. Should uh, I rate them? Uh, yeah, let's go. Okay, 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 okay. So Good 10 out of 10 for the massages. Room, yeah. um, just like having tea, coffee, and fruit in the staff room. I'm going to go Eight out of ten. Yeah, I have to pay for my own pods for my coffee machine. True, pods, pods, different story. Devo. But... Okay, fine. We do. We also have tea and coffee. Not fruit though. That's a good. But one. I'm saying, if a school didn't have it, no, what? zero out of ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we also have something we started this year called Celebrate the Wins, where there's like an ongoing uh, Google form that people like nominate someone and uh, say what they did, um, and then they we have a raffle, pull it out and give a prize to that person. 10 out of 10. Uh, Love uh, it. Yeah. Um, it's a few Do you get a certificate? No certificate. Maybe but a some, prize? You get a prize. That's yeah. bloody cool. Love that. Yeah. So little things like that that the school's trying to implement. That's it? Uh, I only get more. three to rate? Uh, give me one one. more. Um, we got a jar of Vegemite last year. We already have that. You. That's pretty standard. But each each person. Got each their, person. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, yeah, we got we got one of those. That's um, great. Yeah. Do you keep it at work? The Vegemite. Yeah. Oh no, I brought it home. Oh. It was also a bag of muesli. 
That's it. That's 10 out of 10. Vegemite, fine. Muesli's great. You know what's crazy? We've had four episodes and we've spoken about Vegemite twice. That's bizarre. It's it's part of our DNA as yeah, Australians. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. You have, it's great. <laughs> Interesting. I love Vegemite. <laughs> well, I wish I had more of a list. I, I was just bringing some examples for you. Oh. But is there anything... Like, firstly, should all schools be doing those small little things? Yes. Just to, yeah. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Because we are so bound as an industry financially. Yeah. Maybe not so... Like, we... You teach in a private school? Yeah. I also... We both teach in private schools. Still not... We are not compensated financially is what we should be. Um, no teacher is financially compensated the way that they should be, by the way. Um, the amount of work we do is not normal. Um, but incredible. I need a preface for the, yeah. all those teachers who I want to be, people who want to be, go into teaching. Um, but I think that those things are so important because if we're not, we're unable to be compensated the way that we should be, we can't be we can't be made to feel valued in that way. Not that that's the marker of being valued, yeah. but it definitely helps. Mm. We're not getting bonuses for like good work and like reaching target. Like that's not yeah, part yeah. of our industry. We that, can't work harder to get more money. Correct. It's yeah. not like it's not it's not exactly what you said. Like um, the better your students do, the more you get paid. It's not how yeah. it works. We don't get bonuses at the end of financial year if we hit our targets. Like that's yeah. not. I think the only way that we're gonna f- be made to feel important and and you know valued is through those little things and like i love that i love and also it creates a culture like this culture of celebrating wins of being oh that like we value you so much take 15 minutes and get a massage like that is how much we value you not only as a teacher but as a person Mm. because you work hard we want you to work hard we want to show you how much we care so meg thank you so much for coming in today and talking about uh, staff well-being and, and focusing on your thesis um, as you would know and as our listeners would know we'd like to end every podcast with a funny teaching story um, so I'd love you to share one okay. with us okay so I really had to think long and hard about this because <laughs> I have lots of my girls say funny things all the time but I had to think of like a really good one yeah yeah um this isn't about so a the student pressure's on now, yeah right? yeah obviously okay um the this isn't about a student this is about another teacher um doing something funny and as teachers we sometimes just have to make things up because you should never make things up but like as in it's kid asks you a question you need things to move on you just be like yeah yeah whatever and you kind of whatever so this was at a previous school I did placement at um there was a teacher covering for another teacher like a CRT and she was teaching about um the the explorers like first settlement in Australia Captain Cook like that kind of stuff and she was teaching and whatever she had a lesson fine the next day the classroom teacher came back and said how was your like how was yesterday what did you learn but she one of the girls said to the classroom teacher, oh, I didn't know that Captain Arthur Phillip, who was the captain of the First Fleet, was the same person as Captain Cook. And she said, but she's not. But they're not the same person. And she said, "This." the girl said, but this CRT said that it was just his alias. It was a different name for him. Mm. Um, I told, we, we, like, I think that teacher told the leadership at the time being like, I don't know, like, this is just a funny story that happened. Lol. Anyway, 
a couple weeks later, she came back um, and she was taking another class and she taught that class that when a maths question says, use it says calculate the answer, she told them it means use a calculator. Right. Mm. It doesn't mean use a calculator. Yeah, yeah, it means yeah. find the right answer. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Safe to say, never came back. Wow. Lesson of the day, don't make things up. If you don't know an answer, say you don't know. Yeah. That, you that, just, yeah. That probably set them back a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing No that. worries. Yeah. Probably not as funny as you wanted it to be, that, but... That was another teacher, not you, right? Yes, not me. Okay. I still have my job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening today. Hopefully this has had a positive influence on your teaching journey. If you'd like to provide feedback, suggest a topic, or want to be a guest on the show, please email nohatnoplaypod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Twitter. And remember, no hats, no play.